Welcome to the MOH Podcast. I'm Jim Patton, your host. Uh, I guess you can tell by my voice I'm having a little problem with the allergies today, but that's okay. I'm not the one who's going to be talking. Winky is. We're going to finish up the long the long series that we've done that started in episode number 26 and is ending here on episode 33. These are all available at the MOH.org website. You can listen to them at the MOH Podcast on podbean.com. You can download the Podbean app for your um, iOS or Android device. You can also find these on um, iTunes. So uh, this has been a long series. Like I said, if you have missed any, you need to go back and fill in, starting with uh, episode number 26 and and moving up to where we are today. And um, so this is it for the the series. This was done in uh, uh, a week-long session at at a location in Los Angeles. And uh, we hope you've enjoyed it and come back next week after this, after you listen to this one, come back next week and we'll have something new for you. Hang on. Here's Winky talking about part two of uh, psychic technologies. And we're coming up with the fourth step, which we'll call new laws outside of the biblical revelation in Jesus Christ. I've mentioned to you now close encounters in these last five minutes before we quit. I said close encounters had very strange uh, results. Close encounters of a third kind is supposed to be a semi-documentary, one man's vision of what would happen in the first extraterrestrial contact of another civilization with mankind. And two different science fiction writers watched close encounters. One was Isaac Asimov, that rationalist who was a hardcore science fiction man, and he hated Close Encounters. He thought it was the most unscientific piece of junk he had ever watched in his whole life. And he loved Star Wars because it wasn't supposed to be science fiction. It was just fantasy, and he enjoyed it. It was a good fairy story. The other man who watched Close Encounters, a very well-known science fiction writer, was a man called Ray Bradbury. And Ray Bradbury is a mystic. He's a poet and a science fiction writer, but of a totally different breed. And when he saw the mothership, In Close Encounters, he wept and had a religious experience. Now, I don't know, many of you may not know about what happened, but in Close Encounters, uh, there is a moment of silence. The U.S., for some reason, has been chosen above all other nations to receive these uh, beings for the first time. And for some reason, known only to Christians, it comes down on Devil's Peak. And uh, the people up there, hidden in the rocks watching, plus all the military people, have laid out a landing field. And first the field is buzzed by three small UFOs, three saucers. And they are quite impressive. They're about as large, perhaps, as this half of this building. They're pretty large. They buzz, and then there's a moment of dead silence. And then for the first time, the mothership comes down. And the first statement that is made when this dude comes out of the heavens is this word, oh my God. And it is a religious experience. What you are witnessing here is a technological New Jerusalem. The holy city, the heavenly city, descending from the dark place to man. This is the hopes and the dreams of all mankind. There is another civilization out there that will welcome us to the galactic brotherhood. That for the first time, man is to be entrusted with the secrets of eternal life, victory over cancer, over over disease, and all of the common means by which we can destroy ourselves. These beings are coming down and bless our souls. They are friendly. They have come to lead us into the millennium.
And that's exactly what this mothership does. Don't matter how I hold it because it flips over coming down. I want to give you now these last few minutes <laughs> one clip. You understand the genius of this advertising, by the way? The absolute genius of that advertising? Whoever put that together has a profound understanding of the needs of man. There's a lonely road, a light at the end of it, a path going towards destination. And then this little statement, we are not alone. Do you realize how comforting that is to the vast mass of people? Anybody from the hip dude sitting in the streets of Telegraph Avenue in Berkeley wishing there was a better way? to the scientist working heavily in his lab wishing that he could somehow get hold of some of the neat secrets to conquer the universe? Do you know how both of them would be very, very interested in this? It's the only phenomenon I know that links together both the thinkers and the mystics. It ties them both together. Do you know if this happened while we were sitting in this service tonight, somebody had a radio and it said, a UFO has landed outside Osborne Neighborhood Church I would instantly lose my audience. Nobody here. And if it came over television, all of LA would watch. Every single person. Do you know anybody would say, I don't want to watch? Because let me see. I don't know anybody. Do you know anybody who go, oh no, I'm bored, I'm going to bed. Tell me what happened in the morning. Do you know what kind of type they would use if these things landed? The type they've reserved for one other person, it's called second coming type. That would be the major news event of all human history to the modern world. And that is a stroke of genius. We are not alone. I love Mario Murillo's answer in this little book. He has a little magazine called Meter Magazine. And I wish this was done as a giant poster to be put up beside every freeway so all UFOs passing could see it. <laughs> we are not alone, is what it says. <laughs> you want to listen to the scripture underneath this thing? I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wouldn't that be an incredible poster to go past, we are not alone, and to see the reason why? What you're looking at is a counterfeit, a substitute, a replacement for the most spectacular event of all time, second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, one more thing. I picked this up last time I was in New Zealand. It's just one of the many, many papers on the UFO thing. This is called Official UFO Magazine. It's a pulp magazine, and as such, it doesn't have the greatest quality. There's a lot more heavy ones, and I have some over there. Future Magazine and others that explore these concepts in a much more detailed way. But I'd just like you to look just before we get to the main lead article in this magazine, of some of the advertising. This first one says, Avatar Power, Chance, Guaranteed to Bring Results. 
The second one says, how to make others secretly do your bidding with the astonishing power of automatic mind command. The third one says, is it true this amazing psychic perceptor brings you wealth, love, and power beyond belief? They only left out wisdom and worship. The next one says, uh, enjoy a life of unbelievable riches, lasting love, and constant protection with the secrets in this startling witch book, The Magic Power of Witchcraft. This is a technological book about UFOs. Then it talks about ARCO books that reveal the hidden mysteries of astrology and the occult. And here is the first lead article. New UFO religion holds the key to man's salvation. And that is an astonishing lead article. And then, second article, how to contact the force. Cosmic power, space gods. Few others on automatic mind command. The next one, alien possession. Frightened witnesses reveal the horrors of mind control. Just a couple more articles. A testimonial. A UFO saved my life. <laughs> and then, check this last one. UFO abductions by spirit snatching aliens. You're witnessing something you may think is just on the lunatic fringe, but may very well move into the central core of society. I believe we're witnessing one of the many uh, uh, strands of a web that has been woven for thousands of years to pick up man. Okay, here's the last crunch. Are you ready? This is called the net closes. I mentioned earlier this afternoon Arthur C. Clarke's classic novel, Childhood's End. The most impressive, important event in world history, the coming of the overlords, the aliens who revealed to man his final destiny. This destiny turns out to be the annihilation of man as a race and the formation of a whole new thing with the children. So they become part of a cosmic overmind. And Clarke describes the world's first glimpse of the overlords as two children from Earth are called out from the crowd and sent in to the ship which finally lands. This thing has been sitting there for a hundred years while a whole generation of people have seen it die out and then all of the children are waiting and the thing comes down. And uh, the being doesn't step out first. The voice calls out two children and they go up into the ship and then they come out sitting on the being's shoulders. Here is a quote. It was a tribute to the overlord's psychology and to their careful years of preparation that only a few people fainted. Yet there could have been fewer still anywhere in the world who did not feel the ancient terror brush for one awful instant against their minds before reason banished it forever. There was no mistake. The leathery wings, the little horns, the barbed tail, all was there. The most terrible of legends had come to life out of the unknown past. Arthur C. Clarke, Childhood's End. The being that comes out looks just like the devil, with two kids sitting on his shoulders. This is called the unexpected close encounter. If you were the devil and you wanted to take over the world, how would you come? Somebody said a year ago or so, Henry Kissinger is the Antichrist. 
I said, that can't be possibly so. He's too fat to be the Antichrist. Do you know any hippies in Berkeley that would follow Henry Kissinger? I don't. Whoever comes down to rule the world must be a lot heavier than one of our average political figures, no matter if he was Jewish. I believe if I was the devil, and I'm not the devil, I'm not as smart as he is. If I was the devil, do you know what I'd do? I'd wait till the whole human race was about to annihilate itself through pollution or the threat of war, and I'd wait until the middle of all of that, and then I would come. I would come in mass. In my science fiction novel, I've set it up on Christmas Eve. When the streets are filled with people buying stuff and all of the speakers are blaring at the people at high decibels, Merry Xmas, Merry Xmas, blast, blast at them. And uh, you know what I'd do? I'd wait till the world was about to fall apart. And then I'd come down on UFO and, and I would come out and I wouldn't have horns and a tail. Do you know what I'd look like? I'd look like the Sunday school picture you saw of Jesus. That's what I'd look like. If I was a devil and I wanted to take over the world, I think I know the maximum number of people who would listen to me. I think I would come looking just like Jesus. And I would say, you all know who I am. I've come to bring peace to earth. Now, I'm going to tell you something. What did people expect the first time Jesus came? Those who were superficially acquainted with Scripture and with prophecy knew this. He would come only for his own. He would come as a king with great power and with judgment. He would deliver his people from their enemy's yoke, and he would establish his kingdom to rule over the world. Not many people noticed the moral characteristics of the Messiah, the prophecies that referred to his love for the whole of mankind, his humility, his coming to die, and his own people's rejection of him. Not many noticed that. The coming Christ in the majority of Israel's mind was a delivering avenging king who would overthrow the hated Roman rule, exalt solely the people of Israel, and establish his rule over the earth with them as his servants and executives. They'd only seen part of the truth and they got their timing wrong. And perhaps only a few in all of the world knew the truth. Jesus had not finished his task. He'd come the first time in humility. He'd accomplished the task of salvation through the atonement, but he was coming back. Israel's mistake was understandable. We now know why they made it. But what do people expect today? We have moved in what is called the Aquarian Age. And in the Aquarian Age, people believe that another Christ will be born. One more powerful than the previous Christ, who failed, obviously, in his mission. And this Christ will come and lead the world into peace, into the promised millennium. You can go up into Berkeley and buy a book, What to Do Till the Messiah Comes. They're waiting for him. Remember here, when the moon is in the seventh house and Jupiter aligns with Mars, then peace will guide the planets and love will steer the stars. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. They're waiting for that Messiah. And let me tell you what he's like. In popular imagination, he is a galactic brother. He is one who will bring peace and abolish war. He is the one who is coming for all men, regardless of their persuasions or religions. He is the universal hero who has no intention of ruling anybody but instead will bring the secrets necessary for every man and woman to discover their own godlikeness. The expected Christ will unite all religions around himself. 
He will abolish narrowness and intolerance with great wisdom and loving vibrations. He will intervene in our mad, self-centered, and vicious century with a cosmic wave of his psychic wand to spell all hate, fear, and ignorance. Such is the Aquarian Christ, the new Christ cardiac hero, the superstar of space from 20th century imagination. And this Christ will surely come. But he will not be the one of the scriptures. And they got it wrong the first time, and guess what? They're going to get it wrong the second time. Because when he comes, he will come for his own. He will come as a king. He will overthrow the enemy's rule. And he will establish his kingdom and rule forever in righteousness. They got it wrong the first time. They're going to get it wrong the second time. And I don't know whether we're going to be here or not. I am so glad I've never studied prophecy. I don't know whether we're going to be here or not. All I know is this. I am ready for it tonight. Are you? You say this. What if the fake one came and I thought he was the real one? How would I tell? The Bible gives you very simple, clear instructions. If you don't know him now, you will never know him then. I know whether the guy's going to be fake or not. Because I know Jesus Christ. He's a personal friend. I know what his voice sounds like. Somebody could call me up on the phone and try and imitate my wife, but I know in short order whether it was her or not because I know my wife. And I would not be confused by somebody who made themselves up to look like my wife and try to talk like her. I know Faye. I know her very well. We have been friends for a long, long time. And I know Christ. I know what he's like. And no cosmic galactic engineer is going to trip me out. Do you know him now? Or do you know a Christ of your imagination? That's the question. Because you're moving into a world in which the counterfeits will be so sophisticated, the scripture says if it were possible, they would deceive the very elect. There is only one way out of this, and this is the Bible command. Here is a misquoted scripture. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. This is what the Bible really says. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Bow your heads in prayer. We're going to close. Psychic Technologies, Part 2. Okay, that's the end of the uh, series that we've done here. I told you this was a, a series that was done in Los Angeles, probably around uh, late 1978, something like that. And uh, <clears throat> and so we're we're finished with this particular series was which was uh, episodes number twenty six through thirty three on the MOH podcast. Don't forget to tune in again next week, and we'll have something new for you. See you later. Mm -hmm.